Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. And as those are able to please rise for the first lesson, this comes from Psalm 29. Listen now to the Word of God. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. (coughs) Excuse me. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name and worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, and the God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, and the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a wild ox. And the voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And the voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in His temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as King forever. And may the Lord give strength to His people And may the Lord bless His people with peace. And this is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. May we join together that we may listen and hear what God is sharing with us in the third chapter of Luke. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, John proclaimed the good news to the people But Herod, the ruler, who had been rebuked by John because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Every week that we come into this room, we see or we pass by 
the baptismal font to the baptistry that's right up here at the front of the sanctuary. It sits there week in and week out, and we use it when we have a baptism. But today I want to talk about it and baptism because in the arc of the story of faith, we are talking about the baptism of Jesus and what that means, not only for Jesus, but what it means for you and for me. We started some weeks ago by preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus, which we did at Christmas, and the celebration of Epiphany of the the light of Christ that has come to the world. We will, in future weeks, look at preparation for Holy Week and for the Easter celebration. But today, think of the story of Jesus being baptized and where we are with that. The baptismal font represents that. Every week, every time you see it, it represents that. It is a large piece of furniture. Really, that's what it is. It's a piece of furniture. It's marble. It it has not moved very easily. It has wood and a bowl in it under the lid. It is a, a symbol, a repository for water, as the water river from the River Jordan, as the water from our own river, Chattahoochee, a way of celebrating and preparing and entering into the Christian life. Baptism, this baptistry or any baptistry that you have gone to or gone through or used in in your own experience or with family, baptism is the way of entering into the Christian life. It is the doorway into our faith. It was so for Jesus, and it is also for ourselves. We come to baptism at the beginning of a relationship with God, it unfolds as we approach baptism and then expands as we have been baptized. It is a relationship of God sharing grace with us and our experience of trust in living out that grace, not only with God, you and me and God, but with each other. Our baptism is about our connection with God, and it also is about our connection with each other. Presbyterians speak of baptism as a sacrament. A sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible grace. It is a connection to God in Christ. It it happens not because of what we have done about our coming to the baptistry or our bringing our children to to the font, what happens is that God comes to us. God's Spirit is at work in the world. Oftentimes, we don't talk about baptism except in the context of the event itself, but today it is worthy to think about as we prepare to enter into our new year. The Scripture story of John the Baptist has in Luke 3, has this sharing of the news that the Messiah is coming. The Messiah was the one who was going to provide hope and salvation for the children of Israel. They had been in bondage and captivity of one sort for hundreds of years. They were at that time under the rule of the Roman Empire. They were oppressed in a real sense. And the Messiah would come. It was the hope, it was the claim of Old Testament prophets. And John's message 
came to them to repent and prepare for the Messiah's presence with them. Before the scripture I read today in Luke, in Luke 3, there is a description of Jesus calling, I mean, of, of, of John calling for the repentance of the people. He was um, street preaching. He was preaching at, out on the street at, by the river and calling people to repent. And some who came and heard him said, you know, I don't think we need to. Our ancestor was Abraham, and we are strong in our faith. And John replied to them, that may be so, but even if you come from a good family, a good family tree, you still have to produce fruit to make that tree useful today. Then others heard that, and they say, well, what are we to do? How do we respond to this? And John told the crowd, if you have two coats, then you give one to someone who doesn't have a coat at all. There was a group of tax collectors who were there, and tax collectors in those days were people who were Jewish, of the Jewish population, but were in the employ of the Roman Empire, and they were not thought of well in their community. And they asked John the Baptist, well, what are we to do? And he replied, don't collect more than is prescribed for you. And there were some soldiers who were part of the um, imperial operation, if you will. And they said, what do we do, John? And he said, don't use your authority for personal gain or profit and be content with what you have. John went on to say, this is only preparation. The change for your life that I share with you is symbolized by water, but the Messiah will come and he will bring the power of the Holy Spirit and he will symbolize that with fire. John went on to say some pretty provocative things, if those aren't provocative enough. He criticized the ruler Herod, who was a Jewish king put in power by the Romans. Herod was a rather... Um, despicable character. And along with a conspiracy with Herodias, his, his sister-in-law, he conspired to kill people within his royal circle. And he was not a good leader. And so John called him out on that, and he called Herodias out on that, and Herod did not like it, and he put John into prison. There it is in Luke chapter 3. You could say that maybe John was mixing his religion and his politics at that point in time. It ended up costing John his life when it all came to it. But along the way, Jesus came. And Jesus came and said, I am here to be baptized. He presented himself for that. But John said, no, no, I am not worthy to do that. I cannot untie the thong of your sandal. I am a mere stagehand for what you will do. You are the one who's going to make a clean sweep of the world, and I am simply here to assist. But Jesus insisted and baptized, John baptized Jesus. We have the sacrament to remember that it is a symbol of being cleansed. Now, no one would argue that 
the small amount of water we use in a baptism, in a baptism here today is going to clean anyone. But it is a symbol for the cleansing of our souls and our lives. It is a symbol for us to remember, to hold on to, that we are being prepared. It is a symbol that we trust in God's power that is greater than our own. To trust means that we are called into obedience. We are called to follow. We are called to live. I grew up as a Baptist, and in the Baptist church in which I grew up in, one of the hymns that was sung on more Sundays than I can count was Just As I Am. It was the altar call, and you may have had an experience with that as well. In my experience, the preacher wouldn't stop the altar call until somebody came forward. And sometimes that got kind of thin. And I remember that song going on and on and on. And one of the struggles that I had with that then was that I never felt good enough. I felt like it was more of a coercion than a call. I understood it was a call to obey, but it was much, much later in my life that I understood before there is the call to obey, God gives the call to trust. God issues us an invitation to trust, and the response is only in response to that that God has given us first. God does not expect us in baptism or in anything else we do to act in our own worthiness. God has done this for us. You may have heard the story about the motivational speaker. He held up a crisp new $20 bill, and he said, how many people out there want the $20 bill? How many hands would go up? Everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody, we want $20. He said, oh, but before I do that, let me do this. And he took it and he crumpled it up. And he said, now, how many of you still want it? Well, $20 is $20, right? So hands went up. He said, oh, no, but before I give it to you, I, need, I want to have one more thing I need to do. He dropped it down on the floor. He ground his foot on it. And he said, now, how many of you want it? $20 is $20, right? Yeah. The worth of the bill does not change because of the condition that it is in. That is a powerful image for us. God created each person in God's image. God created us, and we share that. John came to cleanse with water. John came to prepare that which had been given to us in baptism. But John's baptism of water was not something that he created on his own. It was not some new, in, uh, new thing. There was a Hebrew tradition of water cleansing. Archaeologists have found sites of these water baths already in, in various places in the Holy Land. But Jesus came to be baptized as well. Jesus, God's Son, the one who is the revelation, who is the Messiah, He came to also show us the trust of God and the opportunity to share that with each other. 
It is a way for us to acknowledge in baptism that God is at work. God is doing something that we cannot completely see or maybe not even completely understand. When we baptize a person, when you were baptized or you presented a child to be baptized, you were acknowledging there is a power beyond our own understanding. The power of God's Spirit cannot be conjured up or demanded. It is something that we submit, we submit to. It, it comes to us as we are baptized. Now, some people are baptized as infants. We believe that God's love is so great and so powerful and so expansive that God can come to a child who is presented for baptism. Or God's love may, if, if, if you were not baptized as a child, you may have come as an adult. I grew up in the Baptist church who did not do infant baptism, but I came as a young, as an as a adolescent, somehow trusting that God was at work in the world, not knowing exactly what that was. Whether or not we are baptized as infants or as believers, as is often you, that phrase is used, whether or not we're baptized as believers or as infants, God's love still is there for us. God's grace prepares the way for us to, to be there. In our Presbyterian tradition, we provide an opportunity for children and youth in the sixth and seventh grade to uh, present themselves for those who were baptized as infants and for all to be formed in that way. Today, uh, this afternoon, we have an orientation meeting for a new confirmation class for this group of, of uh, students to help prepare them in this life of faith that the church has held and is preparing them for. All too often in our life, in our our life of faith in the church, we focus on the talk of baptism as being about water. And in fact, for centuries, there were debates over what's the proper mode. Do you immerse? Do you dunk them? Or do you sprinkle? And a lot of energy and effort was was spent on that debate. Um, And it even was the cause of more than one church split along the way. People believe that if you got it wrong, then your salvation was at, was at stake, and arguments were made about that. But John didn't come to just to talk about the water. Water is only a symbol. It is signifying the cleansing power of God. Water is used to cleanse. But there is another cleansing image of baptism as well, and that is the symbol of fire. We've all lived with water as a resource. Water is necessary for life. It nourishes and it cleanses. But fire, fire is a little different. The flame of the Christ candle is a contained fire. But we know that fire also can burn and destroy. And this talk that John gave of the unquenchable fire is challenging. One day years ago, after Vicki and I had moved our family to a small town in southeastern North Carolina, 
we had gone out of town for the day. And as we returned, it was dark. It was in the fall of the year. And as we drove down the street, the main street, we realized there was a haze, a smoky haze um, all over the street. And it was, it was a little eerie, wondering what was burning. And then we turned down the street where our house was, and we saw that next door to our house, there were burning embers. And we were worried and concerned, and we drove up and got out of the car and went over and found our neighbor, and he was burning leaves. Good old southern tradition. You burn the leaves in the fall of the year. This city boy hadn't, wasn't aware of that sort of thing. A few weeks later, we were driving down the road out in the country, and there were big fields, and they were aflame. They were burning, and at first I thought, this is a wildfire, and then upon conversation, I realized, no, this is the farmers getting the ground ready for next year, for the next crop season. It was preparation. Fire burns to prepare in that way. Fire purifies. Water cleanses, fire purifies. The Messiah came to cleanse and to purify. The water will cleanse, the fire will purify. And as Jesus stood there before the people, the dove descended. This is my chosen one on, with whom I am well pleased. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Heavens were opened. Possibilities were opened. Beginnings happened. Jesus obeyed in his relationship, and heaven and earth were moved because of it. In our life of faith, we have baptism as a sacrament. It is a seal. It is a sign that God's grace is always at work with us. And it calls us to respond not because we are being coerced, but because we have first been loved and out of a response to that, we move forward. And when we move forward, knowing our love, then the heavens are opened to each of us and to the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.